Melwoods, what's up? I've got the most utterly exciting collection of things to do today, and I cannot wait to get started. And that is why I'm doing everything I can to avoid doing them. Item 1. About three months' worth of laundry. Item 2. Talk to Crenshaw about Thursday. Item 3. Cut my nails. You know, I always wondered whether someone can die from a multitude of little scratches, but I don't really want to find out on such a personal level. Anyway, I've got a whole bunch of crap to do. First is actually to, well, record this. So, yeah. Kind of slept through breakfast today, so I just had a bunch of snacks whenever I could. I'm adequately filled now. While I was down by the vending machine, I ran into Aster, and I said hi. And he did not say anything. And if he's going to be a dick for no good reason, that's his problem, not mine. So I got my crappy protein bar and ate it in silence, like food should be consumed. Then I tried to escape to my room for a little while, but Crenshaw cornered me and started talking at me. I told him I had to go take care of a thing to take care of, and left before he could realize that that doesn't make any sense. So I actually do have to reconfront him at some point, and do the other crap too. Oh. I fucking hate doing laundry. Goddamn, we live in space, and we still have to do fucking laundry every other week. Or a lot less than that sometimes. Ah, mother... I'm going to go to laundry now. Guess what? Someone locked the door to the laundry room. Which means I had to go talk to someone from technical to see what's up. I went to their office, and there were two people in there, and they both completely ignored me. Thank you, technical division. I give you thanks for doing your job as well as you possibly can, by ignoring everyone who comes to you with complaints. So, I took myself and my truly foul-smelling laundry back to the door of the laundry room to see if I could get it open myself. Somehow, wrinkly clothing does not make a usable lockpick. Who knew? So I returned to my room to regroup. Enna was there. We had a lovely chat to the effect of, What, you still haven't done your laundry? Door was locked. I relaxed for a little bit on my bed. And by that, I mean stalling doing anything remotely productive and tensely ignoring the presence on the other side of the room, as she politely did the same for me. Eventually I gave up and headed out to find Crenshaw. I checked the relational meeting room and it was completely empty. I mean, I probably should have taken the fact that we're in deep space and I haven't been doing any work and extrapolated it to... We're in deep space and no one in my division is doing any work, but... I usually see them busy and inertia and all that. The point is, he wasn't there. So I looked around for a little bit more to find him, but I didn't. So I gave up and sat down in a pretty small vacant cafeteria. And recorded this. And now, I'm going to get lunch. But first, I'm going to talk briefly about a subject very dear to me. People doing their freaking jobs! First of all, why would someone lock the door to the laundry room? I swear I can smell some sauce from last week on this shirt. I mean, should I maybe wash my clothes more often? I don't know, but that's not the point. The point is, seriously? Someone locked the door to the laundry room? The laundry room. I'm not even that mad about the technical girls ignoring me because, honestly, I'd want to do the same in their shoes. My other question is, why does this giant-ass ship only have one laundry room? The room's 
big, sure, but did they consider that and maybe deterring to employees that there are always other people in there? Maybe he was locked from the inside and there's just some dude in there wanting to do laundry by himself. That is totally plausible in my mind. However, it does not mean I forgive this hypothetical person for screwing up my plan for the day. I'm going to eat lunch now, because that was part of my plan for the day, and no one can take that away from me. There was nobody serving food at that cafeteria, and that made me sad. So I went to the one I normally go to, and I managed to get through a whole lunch without someone asking me some inane question. Oh, did you complete that compilation? Do you mind if I take this chair? Hey, are you okay? Do you want to sit with someone? Dumbass, if I wanted to sit with someone, I wouldn't have carefully chosen the one table with zero people at it. Anyway, that's what didn't happen. So no reason to dwell. It was peaceful. No one bothered me. No one raised their conversation above a reasonable level. I returned to my room afterwards to find it wonderfully vacant and resolved my claw problem. Sort of. I can't touch anything at a certain angle. You'd think by now I know how to properly cut my nails, but no. So I'm back to just stalling. I should probably go look for Crenshaw again. I don't want to look for Crenshaw again, but I will. I will somehow find him on this massive, massive ship. I could just contact him, but I don't know, that seems so petty. Nope, not petty, that's not the word for it. In any case, I'm not going to do it. Probably. I will find him by thorough search, starting now-ish. I did not find Crenshaw. I also did not look for him. I checked my e-graph to see if there was anything else I could legitimately use my time for, and got distracted by a news clip. Why, aside from the fact that I wanted to be distracted by anything at that point? Because it was an interview with the Asaracus City Police Department head, stating that they looked into claims from an officer of theirs that there was trouble rising around Neptune, other than incidental attacks, and that they fully agree and hope someone in a more helpful location will do something. Coincidentally, I also found a quote from Stasevich's husband, saying that he hopes to carry on her work in whatever way he can, because he cared about her, and he cares about her cause, and he cares about the people of those moons. Come to think of it, maybe it wasn't actually a coincidence. Anyway, speaking of Osarcus, I had another dream last night. Except this time he wasn't trying to hurt me at all. He was he was just looking at me. Same same scenario, just Do you think maybe this has to do with trying to pick back up the thin man last night? Okay, I actually really do need to find Crenshaw now, so I'm gonna go try to do that. God damn it! It's like he's purposefully hiding. I swear, I'm gonna find him crouched in some cubbyhole or something. I don't even have anything productive to record, I'm just pissed off! Ah, god damn it! Hi. It's Mel. I have now broken into the laundry room. My clothing is being washed. Finally. I'm debating whether to just stay in here until it's done, because it wasn't easy getting in here the first time. I returned to the tech office. The same two people were in there, still doing the same whatever at their desks. I 
politely demanded that they answer my query. They did not. I waved my hand to get the nearer one's attention, and she did not look up. I then announced that if they would not answer me, I would help myself. They did not respond. So I rifled through a few drawers, finding such things as lists of things to be fixed, not at all concerning, and old containers of food, which simply made me miss my room. I finally found what I was looking for, access codes to the ship's facilities, and wrote the one for the laundry room on my hand. As I was leaving, they both stood up and started staring me down. I guess they got done with me going through their crap. So I picked up my clothes from just outside the door and headed back to my target. I entered the code and got the lovely message of access denied. I tried it about five more times and then slammed my entire body against the door. I jerked the door handle a bunch, then slammed into the door again, and somehow that worked. I'm not going to risk trying that again, as either I'll fail or I'll set off all the alarms. Either way, I won't get my goddamn laundry done. This is how my life falls apart. The shit I've been through and my downfall is the most menial, brain-numbing task. I spend my entire fucking day in this room. Alright, I'm gonna try a revolutionary tactic here. To kill time, I'm going to take a nap. See you in a couple hours. Alright, I've actually done everything. Brought my clean laundry up to my room when to find Crenshaw with a mind refreshed, and, remarkably, found him. He was not crouched in a cubbyhole, by the way. He was in the middle lounge, in one of the cubicles. We talked about Thursday. I just have to construct some of the analyses. The presentation shouldn't be more than two minutes. But he seemed distracted. Like, he kept eyeing me suspiciously, and he lost his train of thought at least twice. Whatever. Maybe his life is falling apart. I wouldn't know. Or care. Did, did you know Stasevich had a son? I mean, I say you, but I'm talking to myself. So the answer's pretty much yes, but... He's nine years old. It was mentioned in an article. There was a journal in her room, decorated with stickers. He gave it... I assume he gave it to her. It's super dark in here, what the hell? I'm gonna kill my eyes. The overhead light isn't on. Why? Alright, now he's bitching about it, I'll just- Ah! Anna, what the fuck? How long have you been standing there? Alone. In the dark. Silently. Dude, I've had a long day of people not responding to me and just generally acting weird. I don't need this from you too. Oh, there's something happening to people on the ship, isn't there? Yeah, I probably should have figured that out sooner. Well, at least I know what I'm doing with the rest of my evening. Alright, creepy, silent Enna, I'll just verbally work this out to you, since you're so available. Whatever's happening isn't bad exactly, probably, because I didn't get any bad vibes off of anyone. On the other hand, I just didn't get any vibes at all, so I don't know what the hell. Didn't even know there was someone else in the room with me. So, I've determined that it's mysterious. Great. Helpful. Okay, people are being made to be unresponsive. Oh, Aster wasn't just being a dick, was he? I feel like I owe him an apology. But, nah. What else? Not everyone was 
being affected. Crenshaw was being weird, but different weird. Oh, and I'm not affected either. Right. Creepy silent Enna, what should I do with this knowledge? Should I find everyone who's left and form a small but scrappy group of ragtag survivors? Or should I hang out in here, enjoying the peace and wait for this thing to resolve itself on its own? I mean, I personally vote for the second thing, but I feel like somehow that would get me in trouble. So I guess contacting people it shall be. Oh no. Who is the only person besides myself who I know is unaffected? Why? Alright, well, I guess I'll have to do something petty. Nope, still the wrong word. Yeah, so whatever it is does definitely mean harm. On a side note, my entire body hurts. So I contacted Crenshaw. As soon as I sent the message, I went out to find him. I pretty much crashed into him as I left my room, as he'd had the same idea and went to find me. He demanded I tell him everything I know, and I reported back what I'd figured out. We went to the relational meeting room to figure things out more. He drilled me a bit, being suspicious of the fact that I got no vibes off of the affected people. And honestly, I find that really weird too. It's not that I couldn't tell there was something wrong with them, it's that I couldn't sense them at all. Even if there was some other force or presence in the mix, the actual people should still give off some vibes. Anyway, Crenshaw mentioned that initially everyone had continued their daily activities, or at least continued what they had been doing, but more quietly and creepily. My words, not his. But then they progressed to standing quietly and creepily, and all seemingly at the same time. I asked him if he gets a lot of this type of stuff, making a joke on how routine and straightforward he was making this, and he just glared at me. Asshole. We resolved to go find some people and do stuff to them until we figured out exactly what the hell's going on. We set out for the cafeteria. On the way, we heard yelling of things such as, Is anyone responding? Hello? Someone answer me! We ran at the noise. Or rather, I ran at the noise, then Crenshaw pushed his way in front of me to run at it ahead of me. We traced the source to Mingle, a fellow relational officer who I've only talked to once or twice. He asked us what the hell was going on, then interrupted us with similar questions as we tried to explain it to him. We dragged him along to the cafeteria despite his constant questioning of what we were doing and why. Finally, Crenshaw turned around and snapped, Either you stay here surrounded by your possessed-looking crewmates who might do shit-knows-what to you, or you come with us and shut the hell up! I gained a lot of respect for Crenshaw in the moment. And Mengal did shut up. As we approached the cafeteria I'd eaten lunch at, the only thing we could hear was the machines humming. I had the fun experience of consciously thinking against my instincts, telling myself that there were people nearby other than my two dread companions, when the whole ship felt empty. Crenshaw pushed open the door, and we three walked inside. Seventy, eighty pairs of eyes, all staring directly at us. All standing still, all facing the door we entered, not either of the two other exits. I started to walk forward. Crenshaw pushed me back and walked forward himself. 
the lovely employees of Hathor 61 rotated as he walked, maintaining their stare upon the sole moving target. He walked up to Morales and said something like, My name is Elias Crenshaw. I am an officer in the Relational Division. I speak for the human crew of the spaceship Hathor 61, a primarily transport and trade vessel belonging to the privately owned company Sinking Scarab Industries. I hope we can communicate as peacefully as we can to resolve any issues with both sides satisfied. What is your business on this ship? And Morales, who is in culinary and is sometimes overshadowed by the tomato plants she grows, then leapt at him, clawing at his face, screeching this high-pitched, hissing whistle. Before I could react, everyone else in the room followed suit, on both the screeching and the attacking. This navigational guy, Ackerman or something, threw me into a wall, then started beating my face. I tried to fight back, but he, or whatever was controlling him, was ruthless. I landed a lucky kick to the hip, then followed up with another to the chest. I took that brief opportunity to half-run, half-crawl out the door. I propped myself up in the hallway once I couldn't move anymore, gently touching my face and thinking, ow, and waiting for a horde of violent fuckers to round the corner and maul me to bits. Instead, I got two mostly non-violent and bleeding fuckers. After arguing for a few minutes, we came to the conclusion that Mengel is an asshole, and that the peaceful approach was a good idea, but not going to work. We, and by that I mean Crenshaw, decided that he and Mengel were going to check the databases for any information that could help, while I, as the most junior and least experienced, was to sit outside and keep guard. I argued that that didn't make any sense, as it's not like they were chasing us out of the cafeteria, and then got told that I don't have a say in this. Of course, the relational room is a flight above where we were, so we had a lovely tense moment of walking up the stairs and through the halls, hoping that crazy-ass crewmates were not around the corner waiting to attack. There was one, actually, but we sprinted past as soon as she saw us. Don't even know if she was going to attack, or if it was just the ones in the cafeteria, but she didn't follow us, so... At the moment, I'm sitting in a hallway, hoping two co-workers I really don't like find some stuff so that hundreds of people don't attack and try to kill me. That's where I'm at. And keeping watch. By staring down a hallway. I've been out here for 15-20 minutes, so if they're gonna find anything, they will soon. In the meantime, points of interest. What has happened to people, and why has it happened to those people specifically? Or, well, actually, it would be probably easier to figure out why it didn't happen to us. Alright, obvious commonality would be that we're all in relational division, but that would imply that whatever it is, is sentient. More than that, is intelligent that it could distinguish between artificial divisions set up by us. Wait, more than that, I'm assuming it's living, that it's some entity. It could just be a phenomenon. But no, there's definitely a level of organization. So, some kind of hive mind, maybe. Possibly intelligent and understanding of human customs. Maybe understanding human speech, or human speech patterns. Or maybe just with a great sense of dramatic timing. Wait, hold up, what? Oh, great, my face is bleeding.
into my mouth. That's lovely. Right, figuring things out. What? Oh. So Crenshaw and Mengel didn't find exactly what they were looking for, but there were some vaguely similar incidents on record. They came to the conclusion, or, you know, guessed to the conclusion, that the creepy whatever can sort of understand human speech, or at least human intent. We started arguing about what exactly to do with that knowledge, what we would say, or intend, to make it, or them, leave. It then dawned on us what our similarity is. The three of us are all incredibly closed-minded. In this case, literally, it would seem. Anyway, score one for being an asshole. After some more arguing, we finally formed some semblance of a plan. So we poked around to find someone to enact it upon. We figured going back to the cafeteria was a bad call, so we went to the nearest place we could think of that likely had people in it when all this started. Medical. Sure enough, went through the doors to find everyone staring at us. Crenshaw grabbed a nearby scrapey-stabby thing for effect, then said something like, We tried to play nice before for your benefit, but you've given us no choice. We've called in reinforcements. They'll be here in moments, thanks to our superior technology. You can leave, or you can be eradicated. And then a room full of people started coughing and blinking and looking around in confusion. Yes, that's right, folks. We bluffed a scary alien hive mind thing capable of human possession off our spaceship. Or so we hope. Everything's back to normal now and is bothering me about taking care of my injuries, although, man, she should really be worrying about herself, but no, she's all in my personal space, putting gauze on things that bleed, whatever those are called. I guess if the day's festivities have any long-term effects, we'll find out when she turns into a gibbering wreck next week or something. You know what hurts? Breathing. You know what else hurts? Everything. Did I mention I got thrown into a wall? Also, I've been up for, holy shit, 19 hours. That's too many hours, even with a nap. Alright, Anna's already asleep. My turn now to do the same. I'll be perfectly comforted by the idea that something rather dangerous that we still know next to nothing about is probably no longer here. I guess I'll deal with the fallout in the morning.